Good morning, welcome to Thriving. As you may have already gathered, I'm fascinated with the learning process. And the first thing I wanted to say about that is I've noticed a, uh, di- two different ways I learn. I learn some things just instinctually because I love them and I immerse myself in them and I can't stop learning about them and it just happens. And then in some other areas, I get stuck. And an example of that would be in direction finding. I've had what people would say is a poor sense of direction since I was very young. Um, and I do remember my father jokingly saying, oh, Doris, she's just like me. She doesn't have a sense of direction. And it was my mum who had the sense of direction. But you'd think I'd have learned since that age um, some improvement in that. And I really haven't. I get stuck. I still get lost. I still make the same mistakes. Um, I still have the same habits. I lived in an apartment in Berlin for eight months and every morning I would leave the apartment and I would go right instead of left for the train station. Even though I lived there for eight months, I still would do it. So I keep making the same mistakes. And I've noticed, I've seen that in other people when it comes to language acquisition. They'll come to uh, an English-speaking country from another country, they'll learn English and they'll reach a certain level of competence uh, where they can be understood and then they'll just remain there forever. They'll never improve further to that. So I was musing on the possible causes of that and I haven't really come up with too much except to say that in the case of the language learners it's probably just motivation they've got other things to worry about and that is adequate for their needs in the case of my direction finding that's not the case because it's totally inadequate for my needs I'm constantly getting lost it's highly time consuming and distressing and annoying Um, but maybe in my case it's a core belief that I don't have a sense of direction uh, that is my identity so that's something I'm going to address I keep saying I'm going to address it and, and I haven't yet because there are so many other fascinating things to address Um, So that was the first thing I wanted to say about learning. The second thing I wanted to say about learning is I mentioned yesterday that after I found so much improvement with my uh, pains and body functioning with somatics, I was all excited because I had proof that I could rewrite my future proof that I was capable of learning something new and changing what will happen to me in the future and that was very exciting and what interested me about that is I had said exactly the same thing when I changed uh, my health dramatically from changing my diet. I had proof then so how many times do I need proof before something before I actually believe the thing and no longer need the proof and just carry on. And I guess that depends. And that seems to be also part of uh, my pattern of negative self-talk because I um, I got the proof when I changed my diet, but then I needed it again when it came to changing my movement, possibly because I have this inner message inside or lots of them saying, you can't achieve much, you're not very clever, you're weak, you're, you're a bit helpless. So all this type of stuff. And I'm I've actually started to wonder whether everything in my life that has held me back has been down to the negative self-talk. Um, so that's another thing I'm going to explore. And lastly, what I want to say about the learning process is the Feldenkrais training program has taught me something incredible and amazing because all my learning, well, 
all my learning that I recognised as learning um, previously was very didactic, analytical. It was in a schoolroom or in a university. It was here are the facts, just take them in, memorise them. Here are the books to read. Here are the assignments to do. And then I came to the Feldenkrais training and it is so the opposite of that. No facts, no, um, well, I'm not saying we weren't told anything, but it was very minimal. We, we were, there was a lot of talking and a lot of experiencing, but the talking was all discussion and sharing views. And of course, facts and information emerge as an organic result of that and you start to gather things, but it's like tidbits of information given to you here and there. And you don't always know that they are bits of information. And if they're phrased in one way, they don't kind of resonate with you, but then you hear them again phrased in another way and they do. And there are things I've learned in the Feldenkrais training where I thought, I honestly thought that I had never been told a certain thing and I was puzzling over it and I didn't understand it. And eventually I got that thing and as soon as I got it I went oh they've been saying that the whole time I just didn't hear them properly or understand them properly because it wasn't delivered to me in that way that I'm used to Uh, and multiple times I've been extremely frustrated with this method of learning but I've come to um, adore it because even though it's very frustrating because I'm not given the information I've had to discover it for myself and again it's this thing of proof. I have proof that I'm a learning organism. I have proof that I don't need to be spoon-fed information and read it in a book and receive it as a a fact, as a truth from an expert um, to learn it, that I actually can find it out for myself in my own body. I can figure out in my own body I figured this out yesterday that I've thought all along, I've known intellectually all along that my scapula and clavicle, i.e. my shoulder girdle, are not actually stuck to my ribs. They can glide across them. Of course, I've known that my whole, well, not my whole life, but for a very long time. But I never knew it in my body until yesterday when we did this particular lesson where I saw it, I saw the movement and until that moment, I only knew it as an abstract idea. I could have taught it. I could have given lectures on the fact that the um, scapula glides across the rib cage, But I didn't really know it because in my own body, that wasn't happening. My scapula was glued to my uh, rib cage through habitual muscular activity Um, And through my mapping in my brain, not having made the distinction between those different muscle groups that activate one or the other. And that's my conclusion about learning for today. A lot of jumbled up stuff that I will tease out over some time. Anyway, hope that's been of interest to somebody out there and have a fantastic day. I know I will. I'm back to the training today. Yay!